Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them, including a special series with narrator Shane East. The Audiobook Lovin' Podcast is brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 22 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. I'm here with author Lily Valente. Welcome, Lily, to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Why don't we start with having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been writing, how you became an author? Okay. Um, well, a long, long time ago, in a, in a land far away where we went to the out of doors and we did things out of doors, um, I was an actor. And then I did a thing that young actors do sometimes and I got pregnant and unexpectedly. Um, but it was a happy, unexpected thing. But um, it was not easy to get work as a pregnant actor, especially because I had very chubby cheeks. So I looked like I was about 18 or 19, um, even though I was 26. So um, I was just was that, that teen pregnancy acting role thing. It's a very narrow um, casting opportunities. So I was really missing just the chance to tell stories. And I had been writing plays since I was um, a freshman in college. So I started writing plays again, writing screenplays, and I was having a hard time getting those shopped anywhere because Hollywood isn't very lady friendly now. And it was really not lady friendly back then. Um, so then I was like, well, you know, what's my favorite book? I love YA. I love Jane Eyre. I love romance. So I started writing romance and then I got a little more savvy. I joined RWA and I learned that super sexy romance was like what was selling at that time. And I was like, I can do that. I have like, you know, a small infant at home and I feel sexy all the time because I really didn't feel sexy all the time because my baby was like, he cried constantly, but, um, but I was like, yeah, I can still do that. So I started writing super sexy romance under a different pen name a long time ago. And it kind of all just spiraled from there. I went from writing steamy romance and then I ended up writing YA under yet another pen name for a while. And then I came back in about 2013 to where I just wanted to write grown-up stuff again. And indie publishing was kind of just taking off and my friends were telling me about it. And I was like, that sounds amazing. Um, Cause I'd always been one of those writers that uh, my editors were like, that's too weird. You can't write that kind of heroin. <laughs> you can't have them do that. That's not sexy. I'm like, but maybe it could be, I don't know. Um, and so with indie publishing, I got to kind of try out all those things my editors had told me I couldn't do. And it was, especially when I, um, I wrote a series with Pippa Grant last year that was just goofy and silly. And every time we were writing a scene, I kept hearing people in my head going, oh, you can't write that in a, in a romance. That's not, you know, you can't do that. And um, those are some of my, you know, most successful books that I've had in the past couple of years. And it's just been, it's just been so nice to have, you know, have those gatekeepers kind of say, oh, no, you can't do that. And then to learn that there are people out there who love you know, who love to read exactly what you want to write. And it's just such a happy finding of each other. That's really special. Yeah. I think that sometimes when it comes down to the bigger publishing houses, they think that there's a niche or that there's just a specific demographic and they like to hit the sweet spot is what they yeah. call it. But yeah. there's just so many things to the left and to the right of that sweet spot. <laughs> That could also I, be better sweet spots. <laughs> so I totally agree. Yeah. And and also I think back then, I mean, I was younger, but I was working with people that were even younger than me, like, you know, 20, some of them were like 23, 24, 25. And they were just starting out and they were, you know, very talented, but also I think kind of nervous about like 
Oh, ruffling feathers. Yeah. You know, too much out there. Yeah. Right. Pleasing their bosses and kind of, you know, innovating, but not being too innovative. And like, you know, I think they were struggling with their own challenges as well. You know, it was, Mm -hmm. it was, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, not only do you wear the hat of the writer as an author, but you also wear the hat of a narrator. How did that start? Well, like I said, I used to be an actor a long time ago and then I had one baby and then I had another baby and then I moved to middle America and then I, I moved to some other places. I moved around a lot, um, but it wasn't just, you know, being a mom, it, it, it's kind of hard to find time to go out at night and try to audition for plays or be involved in theater and things like that. So after a while, I, I loved listening to, um, you know, the narrator's interpretations of my audiobook so much. And I reconnected with a couple of my friends from college that we all did acting school together and they were doing audiobooks. And I was like, uh, maybe, maybe I can do that. Maybe that, cause they were talking about how it's so great to have this chance to act from home and to be all kinds of different characters, you know, and to, like, most of them were readers and loved that too. So I was like, Hmm, maybe I can do that. So I started off uh, going to other locations to record. And then over the course of about 18 months, about two years ago, I guess, I embarked on the building the home studio adventure. And at first I was like, oh, I can change this closet into a studio now. And then, oh, maybe I can get the corner of this room quiet enough. And then finally it just evolved to the point where I built like a giant coffin and padded it. And that's where I am now inside my my giant padded coffin where I record, but it's very quiet in here. I've, the, I've heard it described as a box in the closets and stuff like that. I don't think I've, you're the first one to say coffin. <laughs> well, I've been here a long time today. So maybe, maybe yes. I got in here this morning at like seven and I've been, oh, no. I was recording and then I was editing some other stuff. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, but yeah. It's, been, it's been great fun. I started off doing just my stuff and mm-hmm. that was fun. Um, and it was nice just to be able to, you know, say it exactly the way it was in my head, you know, like, yeah. um, and then now I've, I've just finished three books for Erin Nicholas as her narrator on her really cute series that started with Sugarcoated. And it's just, that's been so much fun because I love her voice and I love her writing and she's so smart and funny. So that's mm-hmm. been a blast. And I've done some like cameo appearances and small things for Lauren Blakely, which you know, I love her and that's. Her stuff is so fun to read because I, she's been dictating a lot of her stuff now and you can really tell when you're performing it, you know, that it was already spoken and it's just so easy to say. So, yeah, she definitely has a knack for that. For you sure. know, the, the, she has such a passion for um, audiobooks, And I think that that's the same thing with your books that your characters seem to like come alive off the pages. Oh, thank you. I love audio. It's just so exciting. It's just, it's all I listen to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you're in the right group, um, yeah. <laughs> since a lot of us do the same thing. So when you're writing the stories um, as an author, where do you get your ideas? Oh, well, you know, that's one of those questions they people always ask. And it's it's just like, I think you're just born that way. Like, mm-hmm. I can't, I'm always having ideas. I have more ideas than I have time to write them, you know. Um, especially things that I know may not be marketable as what I'm writing, you know, as Lily and kind of the genre I write right now, I, I would love to write more paranormal. I'd love to write some kids stuff. I just, I have so many stories in my head, but just, you know, a limited amount of time. And also I'm getting old and it's like harder to sit. 
for a long time. <laughs> I mean, you'd think like, oh, you know, you're old, you want to sit, but actually it gets it's harder. harder to sit, yes. especially in the booth when you're trying to sit so still so that you don't make noise and like, you know, mess up your take. It's, you know, I get, I feel like a stiff old lady sometimes at the end of the day. Yeah, I know. I'm like, ah, when you get up from the chair and you're going, ouch, 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 yeah. ouch. <laughs> you're like, when did this happen? I um, know. <laughs> Um, but one thing that authors tend to say is that when they're writing the story and they know it's going to be an audiobook, yes. that they either tend to hear the voices of the narrators, so they kind of know who they want to cast and things like that. How does that work for you when you're narrating your own books? I'm I'm a weirdo, I guess, because I, I don't usually do that. I don't hear it in my head like that while I'm writing. Um, and then, but I do, before I send my books out to be edited, I go through and I read everything aloud just to hear what it's going to hear, you know, sound like an audio. I count, I catch more typos that way. I'm mm -hmm. a little dyslexic, so I need all the help I can get. Um, but I know for sure, like if I'm writing for Shane, um, you know, Shane East, if I'm yeah, writing for him, I, I, I definitely, I definitely hear his voice in my head because it's so distinctive and his just his wry sense of humor is so, you know, so as I was writing that Royal series that I started this year, starting with Royal Package, um, his voice was definitely in my head. But as I'm actually performing, um, I was telling my girlfriend that's um, an audiobook narrator the other day about for years I was working on my man voice, you know, I'm like, mm, my man voice, how can I nail that man voice? And then recently in the past couple of years, I felt like I really settled into my man voice and and it wasn't a matter of dropping it deeper. It was a matter of, as I'm performing it, when I'm performing the man voice, I have in my head, like an image of that hero. And like, I just go into his body when I'm that man voice. I'm like, I am him. Like, and I love ladies. And like, I am the man voice. And it's just like, it's not even a matter of dropping the volume as much as it is just like inhabiting that guy. Like, and not shying away from or feeling weird or like, I'm a girl, like, uh, you know, like in that moment, I'm that guy and I love my girl. And like, I'm just totally into it. So, yeah. Well, from a listener perspective, there's sometimes that I tend to, I know that happened to me and it happened to other friends too. So I can say we kind of thing. We tend to forget um, when it's the female narrator's point of view, but with the guys talking that it's them. Yeah. We kind of hear the guy and we're going, oh my God, he sounds so hot. Oh, it's Lily. Um, <laughs> Which is totally fine because in my head, I'm just the pretend guy, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I like him too. Yeah. Nothing like crushing on the girl and going, oh, that's right. It's Emma. Sorry, Em. <laughs> <laughs> Emma's great. And Aaron too. Aaron. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Milan. Mm -hmm. Yep. They're great. When it comes down to the different genres that you write, I think that you right now are, are a lot in the contemporary romance within the rom-com. Yeah. Rom-com and some small town romance and, and some, I have some older dirty stuff and I sometimes, you know, contemplate going back to more dirty stuff I you know I don't I mean the dirty stuff like I was checking my numbers and they, the dirty stuff really sells so yeah the extra extra sexy stuff extra sexy yeah yeah I mean, sometimes that whole dirty thing like the clean kind of has that negative connotation to things yeah so. I don't mean dirty in a bad way I mean just, yes no you know, I know I know this you know this but free you know. I mean free just yeah. like letting it all hang out their sexy bad self yeah I had someone that was brand spanking new to audiobooks and romance and came up to me and said like um what specifically is it clean and dirty about these books <laughs> so I've had to explain to them what those terms meant right yeah that was fun um but it was good learning well if you them. aren't if you aren't expecting that I mean it could come as a surprise yes it's, it's, <laughs> you know there's no doors closed like, yeah 
it's all going on. Well, and like one time I was like, I posted on my Facebook, I'm like, I've reread this page five times because I want to make sure that I'm still breathing like I'm banging in, you know, without messing up a word. Cause I'm like, you can't, when you're reading the banging scene, you can't like just stop. You have to stay in the rhythm of it. So if you screw up, you have to go back to the beginning of that section where, you know, the heavy breathing started and like, not too heavy, of course, but and just kind of stay in that moment. And I'm like, mm -hmm. this is my job. I'm like, it's so weird, but it's also amazing. Like, this is my job. Yeah. I can only imagine having you guys go to, you know, to like the schools and, you know, on career day. Yeah. And <laughs> probably inappropriate, but I do have a couple of children's books that I mm -hmm. published, you know, a long time ago that, you know, my son has, mm -hmm. he's read those, but they're, I'm like, you that can't read cool. anything else. Yeah, no, not until way later, if not, preferably nothing at all, since it is mom. Yeah, yeah, or just skip over, you might want to read the, you know, the other parts, there's parts mm -hmm. I'm proud of, and yeah. I think maybe some kernels of wisdom are in there, sprinkled True. in, but yeah. Um, yeah, mostly just skip the sex parts because I could warp a warp a kid for sure. These genres that you write in, what is it about it that you love so much that you continue to write in them? Hmm. That's a hard question. Because I mean anything that you do over and over again becomes a set, you know, there's a sense of like it's work, you know, like this is my job. But it's there's always new characters to discover. I guess that's what I love most about it. Kind of discovering new ways that people can fit together, new ways that can overcome things that are trying to keep them apart, you know, and, and also I think that the reason I've shifted more towards rom-com in recent years is just that the world feels a little dark sometimes, especially lately. And just to know like how good it feels for me to be able to just put on some, you know, some headphones and just go for a long walk and be taken somewhere else out of everything that's making me feel stressed is so nice and to hopefully you know be able to do, to do that for other people and my readers and my listeners is really special you know it's good work you want to have good work with your life and i know some people might not think writing smut is good work but <laughs> it is for me it's great work i think it's, it's <laughs> definitely a creative outlet and a lot of people might think that telling a story can be easy, but there's a difference in how things are written versus verbalized. And when we have these authors that have the gift of telling the story is fantastic. And we definitely appreciate the stories that you guys provide us. Well, it's my pleasure. And I, and I wouldn't, I certainly would never say that it was easy. I've, I mean, I've been doing this for 15 years professionally now, and I've written probably close to 70 books total. And it's still hard. There's still that part where you get there and you're like, shit what's happening in chapter five like why is chapter five always the worst and or like you know how am i gonna get to this book and I, I just actually finished a book a couple months ago and i was like this book fucking sucks i hate this book i hate this book i hate it and i almost quit and i'm like no just finish it and then i went back and i recently finished narrating it and rereading it to get ready to send it to to shane actually and I was so proud of it. I'm like, oh my God, this may be the best book I've written in forever. And I hated every fucking second of it. I, and I don't know why. Usually I can tell why, like if it's making me feel something uncomfortable or or kind of challenging my storytelling skills in a way that I haven't in a while. But for this one, I don't know why. I mean, perhaps the world melting down around me might've had something. Potentially. I mean, a little, a little COVID plague might've, you know, added to some stress a little bit. I'm having my kids home from, from school since March. So yeah, that, that could be part of it. The longest spring break ever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> forever. Yeah. It's like always March 12th. Forever. Yes, yes right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's amazing how time 
flies and then not at the same time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Is there a subgenre of romance that you have not read in that you'd like to? Yes. Well, there's one that I have written in underneath a different pen name. I love the reverse harem thing. I just love like a bunch of sexy guys all loving on one girl. I just mm-hmm. love it. I wrote one actually with my friend S. King. We wrote one a long time ago, like before this was even a thing. So we, once we saw that it was becoming popular, we um, shined it up and I have that for sale on my, you know, under my Lily name, it's called Night Magic and Mate Magic. And um, those are pretty, pretty hardcore. Um, but then I wrote some underneath the, a different pen name. I, you know what? Maybe I'll just come out as my pen name right now. Why not, right? Oh, Ooh, okay. Well, I mean, you know, because at first I was like, a few people did not like Night, Mag- Night Magic and Mate Magic. They wrote me and they were like, ew, gross, more than one guy, nasty. And I was like, oh, okay, I won't Which write will make anymore. me pick up the book, but okay. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll write that underneath a different pen name so you guys won't be upset. Because um, I personally just think that, you know, as long as everyone's a consenting adult and they're happy, I don't care if it's, you know, two girls, two guys, boy, girl, several girls and a guy, several guys and a girl. Like, as long as we're all grown ups and we're all happy, then it's good by me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I wrote as Bella Jacobs and the first book was Unleashed. And um, I, wrote, I wrote a trilogy as her last year. So that slowed me down that last year and in the, in the end of 2018. So that kind of slowed me down on my Lily releases and I was having trouble juggling both, but I would really love to get back to writing that because it had paranormal and it was like, you know, lots of action and it just, I love, I love like the drama you can bring in with the paranormal elements and like the big bad guy and then having like four different boyfriends, you get to explore (laughs) all the different kind of elements of those relationships and how the guys get along. And so there's just like so much more juiciness in there. So that was that was fun, but it also makes the books like a lot longer. <laughs> they're <laughs> yeah. probably like they're probably twenty to thirty thousand words longer than my than my Lily books usually are. But the reverse harem is definitely a um, a genre that has become more and more popular as of late. Yeah, totally. I think it's becoming more mainstream. I mean, yes. there's still a lot of people that are like ew, but um, I don't. I just I think some people that think ew haven't read it and they don't know that it's not all. You know, it's not it's not aggressive or dirty you know it's not like oh, yeah. some kind of gangbang or something it's like loving and sweet and romantic just i mean it's a romance just a different flavor yeah true it also could be that they're my thinking i can i can barely handle the one oh right ass. well in real life right but that, <laughs> that's just like that's why we write imaginary yes yeah. because they- sometimes the real ones are a pain in the ass and yes, yes. you wouldn't want more than one for sure Mm-mm. Yes, like, why would you do this on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> right? I like, because like, oh, this is where the illusion and the fantasy comes to play, and they're just perfect, and they do the laundry without having to be told, and they take to your needs, and they, you know, talk to you. Um, right. But yeah, it's fun. So that's cool. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. I think sometimes the pen names are, are needed for various reasons. And right. same thing with the pseudonyms and stuff like that for the narrators for, you know, privacy to safety totally. as well as, and when it comes down to those different, different genres, I know that sometimes that's a lot. Cause you, like you were saying, you want to write in all these different things. And I'm like, how do you keep them straight after a while? And when you're, you know, so many yeah. names, so many different books. It's hard. Well, yeah, for sure. I used to write as Jesse Evans as well. And I've been slowly kind of assimilating her backlist into Lily's backlist. I recently rewrote, totally rewrote, ripped apart and put back together a few of her books and re-released. I re-released the first one yesterday, actually. It's called Dating Dr. Dreamy. 
And it used to be another book, but it's totally different now. It's like, and I like it so much better. I rewrote it in first person, in present tense, and then added a lot more dialogue, added some, you know, shifted some different elements, and then had it re-recorded. Um, Jason Clark and I re-recorded it. And I'm just really so pleased with how it turned out. He does a great job. Like there's this really horrible uncle in the story and he did such a great job as reading the horrible uncle. <laughs> I know most people- really, He does a really good bad guy. He does. And I know most people are like, oh, I like the sexy parts. I'm like, no, I like it when he reads the mean <laughs> uncle and like, he's so mean. And I'm like, oh, I hate him. And then, you know, and then of course the mean uncle gets his and like, that's very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great when you guys can- give us all these different characters within the same book as we're listening and you're, you're, you're the sweet girl and then you're the best friend and then you're the girl that no one really likes because she's a bitch and the same thing yeah. with the guys, the crazy uncle and you're giving us all these different characters and it's just- And you get to play the mean guy too, which is exciting. Yeah. And that's what I really love about being a narrator too is like when I was an actor, uh, like I said, I looked really young for my age. And so by the time I quit acting, I'd never gotten to play anyone over the age of 20. I was always a teenager and always- and I looked very wholesome and sweet. So I was always like the girl that was getting picked on or like the younger sister who just wanted a date or like the nerdy ranger who, you know, dies in the second act of the film or whatever. So I never got to be the bad guy. I never got to be anybody really interesting. You know, I was always so young and sweet and innocent and usually killed before the end of the film. Um, so, yes, yeah, so it's, so, it's just so much fun to like access all those different parts of yourself and be all those different people. From the writing perspective, though, um, we were talking about how sometimes the author hears the voices and that kind of helps. But because you're also the author and the narrator from the female and the heroine's perspective, does that change anything from when you know that you're going to be the narrator of that in the heroine in that book versus when you know that someone else is going to narrate your book? Well, you know, it really doesn't. Like I said before, I don't hear those voices in my head when I write. And that's why I have a hard time, you know, Lauren Blakely, my friend was telling me about how she's been dictating and I I want to be able to do that. But it's like, that's not how the words come to me. They come out of my fingers and they come out of my fingers very fast. And sometimes I don't even know. It's, it's almost, it literally feels like it's going from my imagination into my fingers and like, it's not going through my mouth. So I don't, I, I've had some advice about how I could maybe start to change that. If I started to talk along with myself while I type, maybe that would get my mouth involved. But right now it's really jarring mentally to try that. It doesn't feel right. It feels very discombobulating. Um, so for me, the most, I just, and I, and I have each of these characters, their own voice. That's like the literary voice to me is the most important. And then I feel like whoever I hire or if I do it myself, they will adapt to that character. You know, that's part of the fun. I don't really write with someone particular in mind. Um, so, and I know all, all the female narrators I've worked with are, are freaking amazing and they will rock out anything that I send them because the female narrators in this business are no joke. They are oh God, no, they're, so skilled they're goddesses, and so talented. Yeah. And like, you know, yeah, I just will say that first, you know, I hold them, up on pedestals where they deserve to be to be placed um but then i do like if i know that i'm going to be narrating it i will go through when i'm like i said when i'm doing my final read through before i send it to my editor i will sometimes like if i if i'm stumbling on something like just personally i'll I'll change the word or like (laughs) sometimes like if there's too many l's together which is really dumb considering my name is lily valente lots of l's there sometimes my tongue will get sticky so Mm -hmm. yeah sometimes i will make little changes just like that just so that it sounds pretty when it comes yeah. out there's another perk right it is 
So Audible is saying that, and I say according to Audible, because I know the numbers shift all the time and some things are not accurate, but right. it's saying that you currently have 50 titles that are in audio. <laughs> oh my God. What's wrong with me? That's a lot of books. Yes. I mean and, and that's as you the author. Um, and I, I try to make sure that I was only grabbing that from the author perspective for this question yes. is I know that you mentioned that you love audiobooks, but what made you decide to have your titles be in audio? Well, um, I guess back in 2014, like I said, I reconnected with one of my, well, I, when I decided to do it, I reconnected her through deciding to do it. I don't know. I just like, I always felt like from the beginning they were talking about, oh, you could reinvest in your business. If you're having some success, you can reinvest with advertising. You can reinvest with you know, um, audiobooks or some sort of merchandising or whatever. And I was like, well, audiobooks seems like a no brainer because I love audiobooks and it's like a whole other way to sell the, the story and get it to new people that will enjoy it in a whole different way. Um, so yeah, it just kind of felt like a no brainer. Like, yeah, I want to do that. And then I, I put my first thing up for audition and I was kind of browsing through different narrators and then I found my friend. I was like, oh my God, my friend. And so that was, she's so talented and she's amazing. Um, Summer Roberts and Tyler Dawn, those are their, their smutty names, their <laughs> smutty narrator names. And they do a great job. They've done some of my really racy stuff. And Tyler's done a few books with me and he did uh, Magnificent Bastard for me. And he was ma now Magnificent D because Amazon didn't like the word bastard. So it kept making it hard to search for it. Um, but yeah, he was great in that. And they're actually uh, doing another older serial uh, series of mine right now, the Kidnapped by the Billionaire series. And they're oh. amazing. So excited to get that one out later this summer. When it comes down to narrating, you guys tend to have a process sometimes of prepping the book. What does that look like for you? Um, for me, that involves reading the entire book. I know some people don't read it, but I just don't, as a writer and as a former actor, I just can't imagine going into a scenario without knowing the characters, you know, like I need, I need to know, I need to know everything about them that's revealed from page one to, you know, the end, because even though, you know, some of those things haven't happened yet, everything that you read about in that book, that that's that character is going to reveal something about their character, you know, their character, their life, their, their desires, their goals, you know, you're going to learn who that person is by the entirety of the story. So first thing I read the entire manuscript um, and kind of make notes to myself. And then I go back and do a more thorough read of just my POV. And then if I'm taking lead um, with my male narrator, I will make a list of characters, um, you know, of every, character in the book that we share, anyone's that cross over into each other's chapters. And then um, sometimes we chat together about kind of how, how do we want to do these different characters. Sometimes if I'm recording first and the guy doesn't care, I'll just be like, okay, here's what I did. Here's the characters, you know, these are the choices I made. Um, and like with Shane, he likes it if I send him like some memos, like, you know, just a text, like a vocal text of this is how I sound when I'm this character. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and, you know, just kind of communicate that way to make sure we're really delivering like a consistent, cohesive experience that you can enjoy it seamlessly as you move from male POV to lady POV. Um, and then we were usually if I'm recording with a, another a guy narrator, we'll record separately. They'll send me their files. Um, I proof their files for any pickups. And then if they need pickups, I get that a package to them for that. They send it back to me. I get it all put together and formatted perfectly. And then I send it to my mastering guy and he makes everyone sound sexy and beautiful. <laughs> The end. Then I upload it to uh, Audible, which yesterday took about 
two hours because the site kept crashing. So oh. it'd be nice if that was a little, a little faster. They're all yeah, a little more seamless. I mean, we really appreciate you, but maybe just a little, just a little less clunky. Could have been mm-hmm. my internet though, because ever since the the plague came down, it's been it's it's been taxed heavily. Yes, sure. yes, yes, yes. And then of course, Mother Nature has been adding to. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Stresses, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. I just sent someone uh, a note via Facebook saying, "So hey, um, did you? Can you just let me know that you got my email because Mother Nature was messing with me yesterday? Yes. And I don't know if you actually got it or not. <laughs> yes, Laura. <laughs> Lauren Blakely and I were texting yesterday because we're working on a project together and she was texting me stuff and she's like, so what do you think about that? I'm sorry. I'm like, and I kept telling her, it's okay. No worries. No, that's good. I like that. And then I was like, ah, mother nature. Cause it was storming. I'm like, mm-hmm. she's not getting any of my texts. I don't think so. But we, you know, we email too. So it all got sorted out. You have written with uh, Pepper Grand. How does that partnership work with each of the different authors that you've co-written with? It's just like, now that's an occasion when I do hear a voice in my head. Like, when I'm writing with Pippa or when I'm writing with Lauren, especially, I've also written with uh, Sylvia Pierce, but I know all of them so well that mm-hmm. as my friends and like Lauren, I've known forever since long before we were writing romance. Like we knew each other in our young adult days. So, um, so I, I, and I've read her writing for years and years and years. So I, and I was a fan of Pippa's before we started writing together and read lots of her stuff. So I know their voices and I feel like one of my, either strengths or weaknesses, I guess, as a writer is that I'm easily flipped between different styles. I don't, I can write dark, I can write comedy, I can write paranormal, which I guess can get irritating if you only like an author to do one thing or you like them to be consistently the same. I guess that could be irritating. Um, (laughs) Or if you like variety, you like variety. So Variety is good. (laughs) But I find, I do, I find it, I find it, I find it easy and I find it really, really enjoyable because I get lonesome because I'm at home all by myself most of the time and my kids are big enough now that they just go upstairs and do their kid thing and then are like what's to eat you know so (laughs) I mean we watch tv together in the evenings and they're snuggly and they're sweet considering they're you know one's a teenager and one's almost a teenager so I'm lucky in that way they're wonderful boys but I am alone a lot so getting to work on a project with a friend it's like it's an excuse to text and it's an excuse to chat on the phone and to be connected and then I like feel like I'm hanging out with them as I'm writing because you're thinking like, oh, Lauren's going to think this is, you know, sexy or, oh, this will make people laugh or like, you know, and then sometimes like writing jokes in the comments, just, you know, just random shit that I know will make them laugh or smile or have some sort of reaction and just feeling connected to somebody else, you know, because this is a very isolating business, especially if you're like a single parent, you know, there's not even another grown up around. It's just me. So yeah. Well, it's even like this the creative process to see you guys go through it is yes. like fascinating. Oh, um. it's fun. <laughs> it's fun to play. It's like it feels like playing pretend when you were a kid, you know, like with your friends. Like we're gonna go in the forest and we're gonna play like, you know, we are going to steal all these trees and like I don't know what we're gonna be, you know, like start a Swiss family Robinson or whatever. And <laughs> but it feels like that. It feels like, you know, it feels like playing pretend. It's mm-hmm. awesome. What I love about being friends with you guys online is that you guys, and Lauren has done this a lot sometimes, where she'll write a scene and she's like, oh, this is so good. And then she'll send it to me and she's like, what do you think? Um, and I'm like, damn, that is good. And it's just one of those, because you guys <laughs> get so excited about it, that just yeah. makes me want to, like, when's the book coming out? Because I need the whole thing. She, yeah, she's so she's so much better that than I am. Uh, we were just talking today, like, I have this thing where sometimes when I'm narrating, I make a tiny little clicking noise in the back of my nose and, like, 
I sent a, some raw audio to her and she's like, I can't even hear it. I'm like, but I can hear it. And so I sit, <laughs> sit in my booth and I meticulously take out every tiny little click, like a freaking psycho. And she's like, you were psycho. I'm like, I know. And so like, I'm psycho with my writing too. And that like, I, I could never send something I'd just written to anybody. I'm like, no, like that makes me feel all cringy and terrified inside. I'm like, no, I must read it over 10 times and then like let it sit for a week and then read it over again and then like massage it. And like, I just, uh, well, I'm dyslexic, like I said. So I know there's going to be like mad typos in anything I do quickly also. So that's like an extra, I guess I, I kind of got in the habit of being like, I need to take time with this and you know, I, I totally, I can relate to having to, I need, I like to double check things and make sure that they're okay and that they sound good yeah. and I'm not coming across one way or the other. Yeah. And I think I, maybe I am a little bit of a control freak. I, you know, I was having that thought as I was taking a shower before we chatted, I was like, Hmm, maybe I am a control freak. And I wouldn't say that about myself usually, but I guess about certain things I am, but not the hair in my bathroom because there's hair everywhere. So, and I'm, and I, I don't know when it's going to get clean. <laughs> I was like, I need to clean. Every time I go in there, I'm like, it's dirty. Someone should clean. Well, that's yeah. perk of being an adult. We get to make those decisions when and that happens or when it doesn't happen. That's right. And it's my yeah. bathroom, so no one else is in there. Yeah. And if they go in there, then they ask for it. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. Exactly. <laughs> to be like slowly consumed by the beast that is my hair that has yeah. not been cut since February. <laughs> yeah. But if you Very were- long. But if it was a heroine in a story, <laughs> that's when she has that attitude in the morning and then she goes out at dinner time and comes to bring home a guy and she's like, uh, I need you to wait here for a little bit. Give me two minutes. <laughs> right. Or like he chokes on a hairball and <laughs> dies. That's a whole different book. That's, that's maybe different. not a romance. Unless he was a bad guy. Or unless it was paranormal and she buried him in the backyard and then he came back to life as a zombie. Oh, yeah. But zombies aren't sexy. So. Not a good love. It surprises me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> when it comes down to, I think that you guys are also very protective. I don't, I know that because a lot of you guys have said about the control aspect of things, but I think it's because this is part of you. This is the time that you've given to it. This is that, you know, the, the words that you're dedicating and that you're creating something. This is like your little baby kind of a thing. So that's where it's. Well, it's, I mean, if you're really tr- truly creating something that means something to you, it, it's part, it's part of you you know, for sure. And you do your best to not only, you know, I do anyway, I I try to really please myself and and to to stay true to the characters I've created and have them behave in the way that they would behave, not in the way that would be easy for (laughs) me to write. Um, And then, you know, to narrate, I want to know that I, I did a good job and I took someone along on the story and delivered what they, you know, the kind of experience they were wanting. So, yeah, I mean, it is like sometimes you don't want to let your guard down too much because you're like, oh, you know, especially now that I've started, I'm writing and I'm narrating. So it's like double feedback, which, you know, sometimes it feels like a a lot. It's mostly good feedback, but it's like any kind of feedback can just feel like a lot. So there are days when I'm like, I'm not going to look at any kind of feedback today because that's just, you know, today is a day for generating creative content. It's not a day for thinking about feedback. Um, but you know, there have been times when it's been very useful to me. So I think there's a a space for that, but it's like you said, you have to be kind of protective of yourself so that you don't crush the little creative light inside of you with too much outside information. Exactly. And and it can be a lot and it can be loud, even when it may not seem like it's that loud, but it's loud. 
Well, social media has just changed everything. You know, like back in the day when we loved an author, it's like, oh, I'm going to write her a letter, you know, and like it'll go to her agent and then like her agent will batch them all up maybe a couple times a year and send them to Judy Bloom, you know, yeah. and like, you know, I mean, and then maybe you might get like a, a stock sign postcard, but you know, there's like, they weren't like our authors were not accessible. They were more sheltered and isolated and, mm-hmm. um, which I think, you know, there's, there's some peace to that, but there's also, you're losing that enthusiasm of those readers that are like, some of my street team people have been in my life for so long. They feel like family and knowing that they're excited about something I have coming out or that they're waiting for something or that they're, you know, saying, Oh, I just loved it or whatever. That just, you know, it, it does like on days, especially when you're like, Holy shit. Like I've been inside forever. Everything is dark like what you know when shall we ever be normal again and you're like well it's still normal that I get to tell these people I love stories and so that's and, and it makes them happy and it makes me happy to make them happy and so that's you know that's a kind of boost that I don't think in the olden times authors got as directly which is really nice the well, same thing now with days with the narrators which also you know falls under your uh area right. is that having that the narrators be accessible whether it's through having interviews with them or they're on social media or being yeah. able to tell the author oh my god this character you know so and so is gonna be great as this character i do i do think though that like having been you know just a like a an actor screen actor and stage actor before i did audiobook narrating like i do really appreciate that i can come into the booth to do my acting in like my yoga pants, you know, where, and also the feedback is really about my performance and my voice, which are, I mean, the, the tenor of my voice is there's only so much I can control there. You know, I have a naturally higher pitched voice. That's just the way it is, but I can control my technique. I can, you know, really focus on my performance. Like it feels more in my control. You know, it feels like something I can really strive to and like reach for excellence where sometimes when you'd go in for an audition, they're like, you just walk in and already you'd see their face fall. They're like, Oh, your hair isn't as nice in, in person. Like, okay, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's humid today. It's like, it's correlated. This was before cheese. So I, if it was a humid day, my hair would be just like a huge triangle. You know that like there's nothing that could be done. You couldn't get it straight. There were no flat irons. Um, or like you'd go in and I remember one time I was auditioning for a pretty famous, you know, Broadway playwright, and I was on like the second or third callback and he was actually in the room for once and I started to get up and reading and I heard him say in the audience, oh, she's too fat to play a teenager. I was like 20, I think 22 and I weighed like 115 pounds. Oh gosh. So I was five, six. So I was not too fat to be a teenager. No, absolutely not. Um, And you know, I I felt like telling him, you know, (laughs) I walked up stage and I was so like traumatized by it. I didn't say anything. And then I was like, hey, you know, teenagers, people, like we come in all different kinds of sizes, you know, like, yes, <laughs> we are all shapes and all sizes. And like, we all are teenagers and we all have feelings. So maybe you should ha- try to like have some feelings, you big jerk. One of the things that listeners are suckers for in a good way are accents. Yes. I love them. What's your favorite accent to perform? Probably British just because I'm most comfortable with that one. And, and honestly, I prefer reading a British girl because like the, the cadence of my, you know, they have a certain lilt to their voice that um, I spent more time speaking in a British accent as a girl. I did several plays like that and whatever. Um, so that feels very organic. But then sometimes when I'm doing a book with Shane and I have to read 
um, you know, his point of view and the accent, I have to really practice beforehand because the male males have a different cadence to their voice. So the places where you'll hit the different sounds are different. Um, but that's just something that like, I've always had an ear for that. So I really, really want to get it right. Um, I did a New Zealand accent in uh, Rebel Hearts, which was fun. I love that. I love New Zealand. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, I've done like a hint of a hint of German in Puck Me Baby. I don't know. I just always think that's fun. And it's fun to like research it too, you know, go online and watch tutorials about, um, you know. Different accents for to. Yeah, that's like things. when I graduated from, from college, I think one of our last nine weeks was all about, you know, accents. And we had to make a demo reel of our different accents. And um, I graduated. I'm like, I can't speak any other language, but I can sound like I speak lots of different languages. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right? Sometimes that's all you need. Right. Um, I'll, I'll order at a French restaurant still. And like, you know, I'll order in like the really good, the, the accent. And, like, and then people start talking to me in French. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I don't. <laughs> I don't speak it. I just fake it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so on the opposite spectrum, what is the most difficult for you to perform so far? Hmm. Probably the New Zealand one. It was a lot of fun, but it's it's tricky. It's because it's like there there are elements of it that are almost southern sounding, um, but then you know it, it also has that that lilt to it and the, the hints of British sounds as well. Um, yeah. So it's it was it was tricky, but yeah, American Southern is is my is totally where I grew up. So it's like in my blood. That one's easy. Because of all the rom-com that you write and also the song that you've been narrating as well, has there been a book that made you want to stay in the not like not leave the booth because you were having so much fun with it? I would say yes. Um the last book I finished by Aaron Nicholas was called let's see the it was called Making Whoopee. And <laughs> making <laughs> whoopee and it and it's all set in, in this little, you know, town and there's the, all these women work at ba this bakery that's really cute. And this one was about uh, the kind of like romantic swoony girl in the bakery and she falls for this like kind of controlling bossy you know cranky guy and and they have a fake marriage so that she can get her gallbladder out and just the jokes about the gallbladder were hysterical and like I loved how grumpy he was and how playful she was and it was just I mean I love a grumpy guy anyway I like I like a grumpy guy so um yeah that one was fun and I loved them together and they were very sweet and yeah it just made me happy I was like oh they're happy I want to I want to stay here and in, in the story with them to listen to that one all of hers are cute all the, yeah. the whole series is really cute yeah when you're writing with uh Pippa Grant who comes yes. up with the animals you or her or it's a combination it's a combination. We, you know, sometimes it can get, sometimes I don't think we can either even remember. It's a very holistic process for us, you know, and I think we write even faster than Lauren and I do. We just, we write fast and we just get it out fast. So by the time we're done, it's like, uh, I don't know who wrote it, but I do know, I can for sure claim that I wrote the gay alpaca epilogue I made him gay so that was all on me because I just thought that was really funny that he mm -hmm. was a stud out he was a stud alpaca who was like prized for his sperm but he was in <laughs> love with like the guy you know the guy, other guy alpaca and they were like they had a family it was, it was just cute I don't know <laughs> I, like, I like silly animals and I love writing George Cooney because like the crazy raccoons like I miss I miss him I follow raccoons on Instagram because I just like love thinking about George Cooney and his family and his like antics 
Yeah, well, I will say that I have not been able to look at another raccoon differently, except for <laughs> ever since then. So they are yeah. all George Cooney now. Basically, yeah. You know, or when they do something, I'm like, is that how she was thinking this would work out? Um, right? <laughs> <laughs> how yeah. would she turn this into something funny? Mm. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. In the um, the Royal Package series. Yes. Um, so I had asked some, some of my friends, I'm like, I'm talking Melody later. Do you guys have any questions? Oh, yeah. And and they're like, ooh, and they were all excited. Um, and so one of the questions was if we're going to be getting uh, more of the sisters or the sisters and the princesses brothers. Yes. Actually, I just finished recording Prince of My Panties, which is book two, um, which is Lizzie's story. Lizzie and Grouchy, Grouchy Jeffrey, who I very much enjoyed writing a lot. And Shane was a very good Grouchy Jeffrey. Um, we just finished it. It's all ready to go. I just honestly, I am, I'm not sure when I'm going to put it out because this year has been hard. It's just, I haven't been able to make things kind of, you know, it's just felt like treading water and not, not getting out of the lake. I, I'm not sure how to describe it, but I feel like I might need to just hold it. I'm, I'm also in the middle of writing um, the third sister story, Alexandra. So I'm thinking about holding it and releasing them boom, boom in 2021, like to just like celebrate 2021. Like we're here 2021 and we're going to like have some sexy princes in this action. And like, it's going to be better now. Like in my mind, that's how it's going to work. But the, the 2021 is going to be better. Well, if you guys are writing a lot and you still have other books that have, that you already, that are ready to come out and then you're still right. writing and it's like, you got to figure this out as far as otherwise it's almost like a book a week that comes out, you know, and then there's nothing because right. you're writing again. And it's well, like, and I, yeah, I had those, those series that I, I really, really am so happy with the way my revamp went, went with the. Um, these books that I'm re-releasing, but it, that did kind of take up room on my schedule, you know, for re-releasing those. But it's, you know, it felt like first I'm really excited about how the stories um, were reimagined, and I just really want to get my Jesse books all cozy under my Lily name, just for like e ease of not having to worry about them anymore. Because uh, you know, it can be hard when you just have like a bunch of it's too many pen names. Is you know, two is too many, three is way too many. But the thing is that, that we get to rediscover a series that we may have now that has been revamped or if we never got a chance to read it now, we're going to get it even better kind of thing. And Yeah, just, and a lot of, so stuff. many of my people, even my street team people hadn't read these books. So it's exciting to, mm -hmm. to share them with them. Well, one of the things we like to do with our guests is have a little bit of fun, play a game. And okay. we have a new game that we've been playing with our guests and it's called Two Truths and a Lie, where you tell me three things about you of which we have to figure out two are going to be truths and which is the lie. Okay. I'm ready for this. I prepared for this. Yes. Good, good, good. Listeners will okay. play along with me and see if we get this right or not. And then you guys will let me know in the comments and seeing if you guys did better than I did probably. <laughs> okay. All right. Are All you right. ready? Yes. All right. Two truths and a lie. Number one. Oh, well, I think I, I just ruined this one because I told you about that early in the interview. Oh, crap. Okay. This could also be a point of how good of paying attention was everybody. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Right. <clears throat> Take two. Two truths and a lie. Number one, I used to be a professional actor and just yesterday rejoined the Screen Actors Guild. Number two, I've moved four times in 10 years and lived in two states. Number three, I have a groundhog in my yard that I've raised since he was a baby, and I sing a baby groundhog song to him, and he'll let me walk up really close and feed him carrots. So that is one, Screen Actors Guild, I just rejoined yesterday, 
Two, I've moved four times in 10 years. And three, I have a sort of petty groundhog. I know you from what I've seen too. I can actually believe that the groundhog might be a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying a word till you make your special guess. Okay. Um, truth to this, uh, to the performing and acting and, and joining Saga. Yes, I did. I joined yesterday, hoping to get That's my awesome. health insurance. <laughs> good, good. Yes. That's a good. Okay. Now we have the moving four times and the groundhog. I'm going to go with the groundhog being the truth. It is the truth. <laughs> It is the truth. I do have a baby groundhog and I've actually posted on my Instagram singing to him and shown how close I can get to him because he's very adorable. He's grown up groundhog now, but I still sing him the baby groundhog song because mm -hmm. I've watched him grow since he was a baby. Yeah. Um, and it's a really high screechy, screechy, like horrible song, but he just, he knows it's me and he'll run away from everyone else. But if I'm singing that obnoxious song, he like, he lets me get real close. I want to pet him someday, but then I'm also afraid that maybe he might bite me. So maybe I should just stick to giving him carrots. You know, yeah, I know. Sometimes it, it's hard when they're so cute. They are cute. You know? But yeah, the yeah. truth was actually, um, so I had the lie was I've moved four times in 10 years and lived in two states. And the truth is I've moved seven times in 10 years and lived in three states. Wow. See? I move, around. I move around. Yeah. Well, it's a... Uh... Like I said, it's, you have that vibe. I'm like, I, I see you walking, you know, with the animals talking to you kind of a thing and saying, hello, and how are you? And That's right. Well, I told you I'm, I'm yeah. alone a lot. So yeah. I got to talk, I gotta talk <laughs> to who I can make listen. That <laughs> well, I hope the listeners um, got that as well. If not, let me know which ones you guys chose. And then uh, we'll continue to have fun with our guests on these and see how we pay attention or not when we're doing these podcasts. <laughs> Um, before we go, why don't you tell us what's current, what you're currently working on and what's coming out next for you? Okay. I am currently working on recording Virgin Seeks Bad Boy, which is the third in my Bliss River series. Um, and that's what's coming out uh, from you right now. The first book in the series is Dating Dr. Dreamy, and that just came out yesterday. And then the second book for the second sister is next month, Married to the Enemy. And then in October, we get the baby sister who is the virgin seeking a bad boy. And I'm actually recording that with a new narrator guy friend. His name is Connor Crace. And he's Connor Crace. Connor Crace. Crace. I was, I'm not sure. I mean, I've only typed, I haven't actually heard him say his name yet. So I've only typed with him, but. Um, wait, wait, wait. You have not heard him say his name. That means you have not listened to my podcast with him. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just messing with you. I it's know, okay. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. <laughs> no, you're busy um, writing. I'll, I'll it's go okay. remedy that as soon as I can. But yeah, I've I've been I've been proofing his book today, so I've been doing that. Um, but yeah, he sounds great and he's fun. I like mm -hmm. his I like his energy. So yes. I just thought he would be a good bad boy. So I'm excited. Oh God, yeah, yeah. To do that, and yeah, that's what I've got going on for the rest of the year. And then a little something surprisey, surprise prize with Lauren Blakely that think we're dropping in December. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent on that, but it's our second book that we are writing together and mm -hmm. I'm excited. It's going to be good. Yes. 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 Yeah. For sure. Well, you guys always write good stuff. So Aww, anything that you. has your names on it, I'm like sold. Yay. Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, we just, I mean, I have fun writing with her too. So mm -hmm. it's, it's just been good time. Good times. Oh. Well, I'm glad you casted uh, Connor. He's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. It's like, you know, it's fun for someone to, you know, kind of experience someone new. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's always fun to discover someone. I know I love discovering need to meet authors and narrators. Yes. Oh, and, then, and actually, I worked with Nelson Hobbs on <gasps> Rebel Hearts and Savage Hearts. Yes. Earlier this year, and he is so good. I wanted someone that had like a little bit of a younger sounding voice because that character is only 21 when it starts out, and there are flashback scenes where he's 13. And I'd heard some of Nelson's work where he he just did children so well with such integrity, you mm-hmm. know, like. I just love it when someone, wh- whether they're doing, you know, like a feminine voice or a child's voice, or like, you can tell that they are still invested and they're still like honoring the spirit of that, that, you know, that character, even though their voice may be higher or squeakier or whatever, you know, it's not a parody. It's like they're in that moment. Yes. And he just did that so well. He just nailed it and he was great. And there's some really like dark, emotional, twisted shit in there. And he just like rocked it out. Yeah. He's one that is um, not... I don't want to say the word popular, but he's he comes in and out sometimes. If there's a couple he of years where he kind of yeah, he flies yeah. under the radar. Thank you, and but yeah. he's so good. He is very good. Yeah. I think you know he's got he's got a family. He's got you know yeah. he's got he's got shit going on. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you know he's living oh, a yeah. life. He may not have enough as much time to be on the internet, but I mean I don't personally know anything about the situation, but yeah, he's great. I would highly recommend. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today, and it's been a pleasure and lots of fun. It has been. Thank you. I, you know, I was talking about being lonesome and working alone, and this was just really delightful to hear your voice and just talk books with you. It was good oh, times. Yeah. It's <laughs> fun. It's you know, like minds and the whole, like, we get it. <laughs> yes. We nerd out over the same things. Totally it's nerd good. out. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not following Lily on Facebook, Twitter, and all the other social media platforms, make sure you do that. We will be providing you with the links to all where you can find her in the Viviana Enchantress of Books website. And news, in case you have not um, heard as of yet, Audiobook Loving Podcast now has a Patreon. Patrons get to listen to the episode in advance, bloopers and some other games and lots of fun stuff that is coming your way. So I hope that you consider supporting. And until next time, happy listenings. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.